Welcome to Brothers King Talk, where we view eternity through the lens of art. My name is Samuel. And I'm JP. And we are going back in time once again. I'm moving slowly but steadily closer to our current time. And we're now right at the middle of last century with 1950s Goodnight Irene. Yep, Goodnight Irene. with uh, So it's Gordon Jenkins and the Weavers. Um, whether that is just the Weavers or and Gordon Jenkins, you know, who, who, who knows? Uh, either way, we got this track and we, we listened to it and we took a critical look at it and we'll give a good rating on it. We'll see what we can do. We'll see. Um, so I find it interesting going through this list, especially thus far, none of the names have really stood out to me as, oh, I recognize this artist. It seems okay. to be very flash-in-the-pan artists who were popular at the moment, but didn't necessarily sustain the test of time. I guess that's true. Well, you, I mean, thinking back to the very first episode we did, uh, you Perry Como was a fairly popular name. Okay, that's true. We did recognize Perry Como. So, I mean, I'm sure it's give and take, right? Yeah, I mean, and, but uh, one out of one out of five so far, you know, that's, that's, that's not so good. So, when I heard, turned this song on, um, was how similar it sounded to the hymn, It's If It Had Not Been For Jesus, which, mm-hmm. as it turns out, it is a similar, you know, chord progression and such, unsurprisingly, which really, if you get right down to it, the melody and rhythm of a lot of hymns sound very similar. <laughs> like, that's yeah, I mean, nothing that's new, the really. genre. Yeah, it's the genre. So maybe that's why this song in particular is considered a folk standard. So um, it has that very, I recognize this feeling, mm-hmm. even if you'd never heard it before. Yeah. So. Now, I mean, in my opinion, I honestly don't know how it got so popular in the 50s. Like, I hear this song and I, I honestly was under the impression that the only words were goodnight, Irene. Uh, and that was really just because the video that I was watching on YouTube where uh, it had a long introduction of about 30 seconds where they just said goodnight Irene over and over and over again. And I was just really confused. (laughs) I gotcha. Um, Interestingly, this song kind of sort of falls into the storytelling, giving a moral style of last week's there's in the sky. Mm Hmm. Sort of. Now, here's the thing about this. This song was originally recorded by a guy named Huddy Leadbelly Leadbetter. He was a blues singer from beginning of the century. And um, in traditional blues fashion, this song was actually about him complaining about a girl, Irene. And so, you know, it, it the song makes a lot more sense in the context of a blues song, actually. Because it's going, you know, the verses are all about how this girl makes him feel miserable because he can't be with her. And then the chorus is, you know, good night, Irene, good night, Irene. Like, you know, just kind of see you in my dreams. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So in that context, it makes much more sense, honestly. Now, I I mean, I can see the appeal of the song, just like any song named after a woman. 
it's relatable <laughs> and everyone who everyone seems to love a song when their name is in a song uh it's just what i've what i've noticed um and reading some of the comments uh on the youtube video it was very very interesting it i mean you're reading through uh some of these examples where it's just like uh, they're remembering these people that they have lost, you know, long, long ago where they're saying, you know, I uh, like this one uh, from this one person and uh, says, my beautiful sister, Irene, died at 42. She was troubled. I still see her in my dreams. Um, thanks for posting this. My mom, Irene, celebrates her 90, 89th birthday soon. And she always, has always liked this song. And it's just, I mean you're you're gonna relate it to the people that you know that have that same name interesting because i that didn't even occur to me so like i said the the lead belly version is a straight up blues track it makes perfect mm. sense in that context the weavers though went and kind of flipped it around and rather than making it from a guy complaining perspective um they seem to kind of make it more of a morality tale almost and uh each verse because of the way it's sang by a different singer mm -hmm. sounds like it's from the perspective of a different person in the story. So yeah. the first, the first verse is the guy, you know, talking about how he got married thoughtlessly a little bit. The mm -hmm. second, the second verse is about, you know, Irene herself, how sure. you know, she, she doesn't like how he's not paying attention to her, not being with her, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the third verse, and here comes kind of the morality part almost sounds like it's from like a preacher or something, you know, giving the guy a tongue lashing saying, be with your wife. Right. Take exactly. care of her. And that is not at all <laughs> how the original version went. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because it's the exact same verses with the exception of in the original version, the four verses, like there's like a couple verses that are different. For instance, one talks about how he, she, Myrene makes him so miserable He's going to go kill himself with morphine. Right. So it's it's interesting how they took this song and really just like cleaned it up and made it way more family friendly, which, you know, is probably why it went to number one and the original version didn't, you know. That that could be very true. Um, well, so, yeah. So I was just going to make this example just to kind of tie it in with uh, people. Pe when the song has the person's name in it, it's often more popular. Um, I mean, for example, like there's a song uh, called Hey Rachel, and I played it in a car when I was in uh, a car with my friend Rachel, along with some other friends. And I wanted to see if she had know like would know the song. And of course she did, uh, because it was just a song that was most popular by a band that we had never talked about. We had never had a conversation about this particular band, but it had her name in it. And it was by, uh, you know, a more punk band. So, of course, she would know. Uh, so what I'm getting at is it's like when a band has the name of a person in one of their songs, that's going to be most likely one of the songs that they feel is the most popular. Interesting. I would uh, I would like to see this theory uh, kind of put into some math, some math tables. Oh, yeah. Look I, at all I, the songs you... that are people's names and like compare them you know how popular are they compared to the rest of the artists work i mean like it, it just it, i don't know uh i know you probably haven't don't watch family guy very often but there's that whole scene where stewie writes a, a song and titles it uh Susie, and brian says oh wow a name 
uh, a song named after a girl. Isn't that original? And he's like, yeah, it's never been done before. He's like, uh, I can name a bunch of different songs. He's like, name 20. And he just rattles them off. He's like, name 15 more and rattles them off so easily. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's like, it's it's almost a cliche at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my first thoughts are like Roxanne and Beth, right? I mean, right, it, yeah. it is very common. Yeah, it's it's very, very. But so so let's move on. Let's get to the meat of the song. Okay. Um, so my main thoughts on it was, you know, the difference between the uh, the original more blues and honestly way more dark version and the very mm-hmm. family, almost morality tale version of the Weavers. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's why I find most interesting about the meat of the song. What about you? Um, I'll be honest. I didn't like it. <laughs> uh, I I don't. I'm not really a huge fan of the lyrics overall. They because they they just they sound very disjointed. It sounds like you said before. It sounds like it's three separate people having this conversation. Um, you know, one person, one woman is talking about living in all these different places. Another guy is talking about getting married and then divorced. And then the the last verse is all about the you know don't stay out late, go home, be with your family, and it's just. It just doesn't seem to have anything about Goodnight Irene. It just sounds very strange to me. And I think once, not to like beat a dead horse, but if you go back and listen to the original version, it makes far more sense. Right. Because, you know, each of the verses of the guy complaining about Irene. Right, uh, yeah. You know? And so maybe I, maybe I should take a, take a listen there and just see the difference. But um, I don't know. And, you know, now that you say that it's, kind of based on a hymnal like a hymn tune that kind of makes a little bit more sense but the to me the music sounds like something i could have written when i was a teenager um like i i just gotta be honest with that it's like the rhythm is really simplistic and at best we're talking about three chords um it's i i I will say i like how they did the various people like kind of single soloing almost like a, a choir having an ability to step out and, and single out one person in particular before joining back with the group. Um, but this song is one that I would have easily passed over. Gotcha. Well, interestingly enough, when I was writing down my score for it, um, the music is what I gave the least amount of points. I said, you know, I gave it a one out of three. Mm-hmm. And I said, it's not bad. It just feels very generic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then, I gave it a one. I gave it a one in music as well because it was just it just it's it sounds like something I could have wrote. I could have written it myself. Yeah, um, which granted, a variations of this song have existed since before 1900. Sure, um, they did some. So I I think it's uh, interesting how it does precede the pop song as we know it by several decades. Yeah, absolutely. Um. And then uh, as for lyrics, I gave the lyrics a two. Um, I'm a sucker for kind of the story song type deal. Sure. And uh, sure. the blues version, particularly by Lead Belly, um, is it's far more interesting, if not depressing. Yeah. But the the version presented here with the Weavers is still interesting. I mean, it, it, keep, it keeps my interest personally. Yeah, and I can see that. I can see, you know, I like we talked about last week. I really do love music with a story, but I. It, the story's got to make sense <laughs> and in in this version and maybe again maybe i just haven't listened to the blues version but in this version it sounds like uh 
we're popping in different houses and we have no idea what's going on. And so I give the lyrics a one for that. <laughs> Maybe there's popping in different houses looking for Irene. Yeah, right. <laughs> I I, just, I can imagine like an old cartoon being made out of this where these people are just popping in houses. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and then overall, I gave it a 1.5. Um, so like how well it holds up, that is. Like, so this song is dated, but I feel like in a good way. It, it brings to mind campfires and old movies yeah so like um there's even a live version of this by the weavers and it was such a a, it was such a folk standard by the time they recorded it live that Mm -hmm. the whole entire audience wherever they were just sang sang along because it's just it's the kind of song you sing while you know driving down a wagon trail or whatever right well I, i so uh this is my first understanding that we're doing uh uh, decimals, half numbers. <laughs> uh, every well, every but, once in a while, when the fancy strikes me. <laughs> right, right. Well, so for this, I, I mean, I have to still give it a one, just because this is the type of song where it's like, uh, honestly, now that I've finished listening to it and I've finished reviewing it, I probably won't go back. Um, <laughs> like the the other songs that we've covered on this on this uh, this podcast so far, I mean, I can definitely listen to Twelfth Street Rag again. I can definitely listen to. You know, prisoner of love, but this is one of those songs that I'm just gonna say, eh, I'll, uh, I'm gonna put, put, I'm put, put it to rest. <laughs> so overall, I give it a four point five out of nine. Um, yeah. If I had to round it one way or the other, I'd probably round it down and say a four out of nine. Yeah. But that's kind of my final thoughts on it. Um, not like a horrible song. I don't loathe it or anything. It's just, um, like you said, a little bit forgettable. Unless mm-hmm. you grew up singing it, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I would agree heavily with that. So what's your final score on it? Final score definitely has to be a three. Okay. Yeah, one's one's across the board. Just this is, uh, I mean, techn- I, if I could, if I really could, uh, I would probably give music a zero. Um, but if we're doing one to three... You know, it's, yeah, I won't do that. I mean, you're technically allowed to. That just means, like, this music is unlistenable. Oh, I I cannot. Okay, I won't say that. (laughs) It's not unlistenable. It's just I probably won't listen to it again. Fair enough. All right, well, that's our thoughts on this song. Um, Yeah. Good night, Irene. And on that note, good night to everyone else. Good night. Yeah, good night, Irene, I guess. If there's anyone out there named Irene, good night to you. You know, my and, grandmother's uh, name was Irene. Well, interestingly enough. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week. All right. Sounds good. See you next week. Mm-hmm.